It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day from the 12th floor of 50 pin place in oklahoma city oklahoma the home of 1340 the game and news radio 1000 ktok welcome to the locked on thunder podcast i am your gracious and humble host eric g thanking you so much for making us a part of your day coming up on this episode of locked on thunder We have a diagnosis for PG's injury. Now, it's not coming from any team doctors. It's coming from a former player who suffered from this particular injury. We'll tell you what the injury is, and we'll play the audio for you coming up in segment one. Plus, in segment number one, I'm going to give you some numbers that might make you feel better, not only about the Thunder's chances to win tonight, but maybe their chances to come back and win this series together. We'll also hear from Steven Adams coming up today in segment number two, and we'll talk about some keys to win tonight's game against the Portland Trailblazers, and we'll talk about how overblown it is that everybody is saying that this series has now become a referendum on Russell Westbrook's legacy, and I'll tell you why it's not a referendum on Russell Westbrook's legacy. My name's Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I also host a channel for maven.io, which I will tell you to check out every single day just because they put up some great content. And if you like the Thunder, please go to basketballmaven.io slash thunder for all the content that I produce there, including this podcast. Plus, if you like this podcast, I would ask that you would listen. Just go to Spotify or you can go to Google Podcast or Apple Podcast and download the Himalaya app to your phone. And when you download that Himalaya app to your phone, you can then get into your car and tell your smart device to play the Locked on Thunder podcast. Let me start the show off today by giving you some numbers that should make you feel at least a little bit more confident about the Thunder's opportunity to not only win tonight, but possibly win the series as a whole. First and foremost, when the Thunder are down 0-2, They are undefeated in the playoffs. They are 5-0 when they go into a series or when they go into game three, trailing two games to none. That bodes well for the Thunder. Vegas is taking that into consideration, and that's one of the reasons that the Thunder are a a 7.5-point favorite, or at least they were a a 7.5-point favorite last time I checked um, via a couple of betting websites. Also... The Thunder are only one 
or well, okay, the Thunderer are one of only 20 teams who have actually come back from an 0-2 deficit to win a series. And the last time they did it, it was against the San Antonio Spurs in 2012. They were down two games to none, came back to win four games to two. So if you're just looking for that little bit of luck, that little bit of reason to make you feel confident about tonight, there are some numbers that bear it out. Now, something to keep in mind about tonight, if you want to feel a little bit more on the glasses half empty side, and that is just how injured is Paul George? How severe is that shoulder injury? He's going to tell you that there's no pain. I don't expect Paul George to say anything less than that. I don't expect the Thunder to divulge anything about him being hurt any more severely than what he is. And the only way we would ever find out that Paul George was actually hurt worse than what he is is if the Thunder decided to shelve him for the rest of the series. And they're not going to do that because at that point, you might as well put up the white flag. Because while P while P PG can still affect this game in other ways than shooting, these first two games have bared out that without his scoring, without him being able to threaten to hit from beyond the arc, then the Blazers can just sag off guys. They can dare the Thunder to shoot. They can watch the Thunder shoot themselves out of the game. Then they can pack in the paint and make life difficult and force a bad free throw shooting team to go to the line. And that's the way that Portland has played at these first two games. But when we go back to PG's injury and we talk about just how serious it is, there is a theory out there, or a, not a theory, but a diagnosis from a former NBA player who has suffered from a particular injury, and he shed some light on things now. This is Tracy McGrady from The Jump on ESPN. Not anymore. Not anymore. I mean, it's well enough now um, to throw out any you know, injury problems. Um, it didn't have an effect during the game. It's man. Come on, PG. Icy hot. He got ice all on his shoulder. I'm gonna tell you what. I, what I think he has is a torn labrum. I've dealt with that before right. in my career, and it is very painful. I had to have surgery, and I was out for like four months. I think he's dealing with that. Ooh. I mean, it's it's hard for me to say anything. I mean, I get it, and it's noble of you when you guys as players say like, "Hey, no excuses, injuries." I'm playing I respect it. it for sure. I respect that, but come on, the man looks like like but, the hunchback. But four you know. fifteen on three, right? right? <laughs> there should have been. <laughs> Look at him. It's like that Frankenstein with the up and the right. No, it's not good. He almost is smiling as he's talking. We as fans love the guys that play hurt. Don't we? I mean, don't we love to talk about Jack Youngblood playing in the Super Bowl with a broken leg? Okay, that may be a little bit before your time. Don't we love to talk about Tiger Woods winning the U.S. Open when he did it essentially with a hurt knee that eventually kept him out for quite some time? Yeah, we love those stories. But I also think that all too often, guys do this to the detriment of their health. And if Tracy McGrady is right, and it is a torn labrum, then the Thunder are going to have to be very careful with Paul George. First and foremost, this is where things start to get really weird for athletes and their teams. Because on one hand, you've got athletes like Paul George that will go out and they will play through a tremendous amount of pain because they have a high tolerance. 
And they don't want to be seen as a wuss, so they're going to go out and they're going to play and they're going to try and do everything they can to help their team. Those are the guys that you as an organization have to take aside and say, you're not doing us any good and you're not doing yourself any good by being out here. That's Paul George. He's type A. Type B are the Derrick Rose dudes who get told they can play, who, who know they can play, but don't because they're more concerned about themselves than their team, and they don't necessarily trust the organization. Over the years, I don't really have a problem with either guy. I tend to be more towards, I tend to lean more towards the Derrick Rose guy saying, don't, hey, don't count on the organization. You know your body better than anyone. You count on yourself, and you do what you have to do. But if Paul George, in fact, is hurt, one thing you can count on is that that is going to need surgery at the end of the season, which will put him out the standard four to six weeks, and it's not something that's going to heal on its own. Doing some research today on this and playing doctor for you on this podcast, it can heal, but it'll do so unevenly. And if it is a torn labrum, then what we can really expect when we're talking about this series and why this is such a big deal is that you can bet you can just bet the house that Paul George is not going to be effective, especially from beyond the arc. It's not going to allow him to get into any sort of rhythm shooting whatsoever and that the Thunder are probably going to lose this series. Now, not to paint you know all doom and gloom and, and, and make it like this is just a, a downer of a podcast here, I do believe that if you decided to shelve Paul George for this series, or even if you decided not to shelve him, But Billy Donovan decided that he was going to limit Paul George's minutes and you were to put Dennis Schroeder out there, which, by the way, the Thunder bench not played all that bad this series. They really haven't. They got outscored in the last game, but they outscored the Portland bench in game one. But you could go ahead and start Dennis Schroeder. I would not start Markeith Morris, even though I think from a size perspective, he matches up a little bit better With the Portland starting five, I'd still go ahead and start small, put Dennis Schroeder out there, and I think with the combination of Schroeder and Russ, you could probably win one or two games with one, Russ taking over and and going back to his former MVP self, which we still haven't seen at all during this series. And you have to know that that's coming from Russ, and tonight I think we have to be very careful of how much emotion Russ goes out and plays with. And we're going to deal with that coming up in segment number three. But if Russ were to have a huge night, we know that Schroeder can get hot. Those two could probably carry you enough to get a game or two, but certainly not enough to win four games, which that's where the Thunder are right now, still in position of having to win four games. And if it is a torn labrum, and Paul George decides to play through this series, win or lose. I mean, look, think about the legend of Paul George. If the Thunder come back and win, and we find out that he did have a torn labrum, all of a sudden, you're talking about a guy now that, and we talk about how Russ endeared himself to Oklahoma City fans by signing that Supermax. If it's Paul George doing this, now all of a sudden, there's going to be a lot of people that vault him ahead of Russell Westbrook just because he decided to play hurt and because they admire that trait about him and about other athletes so much. Um, I I say right now, we're going to find out just how desperate Billy Donovan is uh, 
during this game based on what he does with his bench. And I'm going to get into that coming up next. We'll talk about how desperate Billy Donovan is, and we'll tell you what Steven Adams saw on film. All that's coming up here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. Don't forget to download the Himalaya app to your phone. Put it on your smart device, or well, I guess your phone is your smart device. But put the Himalaya app on your smart device, get into your car, and when you get into that vehicle of yours, Tell your smart device to play the Locked On Thunder podcast. It is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Eric G. Thank you for listening on Google Podcast and on Apple Podcast. I am a uh, tremendously grateful uh, for all your patronage to the Locked On Thunder podcast. The Thunder need to play desperate tonight. I, I know you hear that all the time. I, I know you know that is a tremendous cliche, but what exactly does it mean? Because of the two teams that have been on the floor, Portland has certainly played more desperate than Oklahoma City. My proof of that, my example, is the four turnovers in the first five minutes that Oklahoma City committed in that third quarter. That 12, that 12 minutes that Portland played in game number two where they were forcing Oklahoma City to turn the ball over, where they were hitting those key shots, showed me that they still feel the pressure of the last three years. It's still weighing on them right now as they try and take down Oklahoma City. Not only are they feeling the pressure, but they're finally doing something about it. You know, the old saying, the other cliche you have is that pressure busts pipes. Well, it feels like Oklahoma City's pipes have busted just a little bit, and now it's time for them to play desperate. And this isn't just about forcing turnovers. This is also about Billy Donovan figuring out how to coach desperate, which isn't a bad thing. You see this a lot of times in baseball, especially in a Game 7 situation or an elimination game situation where starters will come out of the bullpen every once in a while or managers will they'll do something, they'll change their lineup, they'll change the batting order just enough or maybe they move some guys down, move some guys up based on the fact that they're hot or they're cold or they hit this particular pitcher really well, or you might see some guy come in in the eighth inning that usually 
doesn't come in as a setup man, but you're you're doing things to put your team in a position to win that also keeps your opponent a little bit off guard. And if Billy Donovan can do that tonight, then the Thunder got an excellent chance to win. My first suggestion to Billy Donovan would be if you need to generate some offense, and we have been praising the bench on this particular podcast, why don't you run Patrick Patterson out there? Like, seriously, how bad could it be? Markeith Morris isn't really hitting, hasn't been hitting for quite some time. Let Patrick Patterson go try and generate some offense for you. Even if he is in the doghouse, I might give him an opportunity. I might use Deontay Burton, the Swiss Army knife, a guy that can guard multiple positions, not that Jeremy Grant can't or not that you know, Terrence Ferguson can't guard a few positions, but I might put Deontay Burton out there for defensive purposes tonight just to see how things look, to see if it just does something for this team emotionally. And a lot of the Thunder emotions are really going to come if they start hitting shots or Portland are missing theirs or they can get out to a big lead and just somehow maintain it. Um, and the great thing about the Thunder is if they get a big lead tonight, I think you'll see that they're going to be pretty good front runners. I don't think Russ and PG are going to let a big lead slip through their slip through their fingers tonight. Although PG being hurt, we don't know the extent of that hurt. If the shots quit falling, how quickly does this team get down? You know, there's there's a lot tonight, and there's a balance that you've got to strike emotionally, which is not easy. You've got to play with emotion. You have to play sort of pissed off, but at the same time, you have to be calm. I mean, you're desperate, but you have to be calm enough to realize that eat that tonight you're still not getting eliminated. You got to play it like an elimination game, but still be calm enough to execute. If that makes any sense whatsoever, that's what the Thunder have to do tonight. And with more on that, here's Stephen Adams talking about how he felt after seeing. Game two's film. Um, I don't know. Um, seem seem pretty pretty focused. I think then uh, myself, I feel a bit shit. You know, just a bit pissed off. But that's well, yeah, just me personally. I'm speaking on there. It's just, just for me, um, obviously. But, you know, but obviously it ain't uh, it ain't over. It's just just get a bit more fired up, sort of thing. Not too fired up. It's more just like trying to stay focused on what. You're really going to try and like help us win the games, you know. There's a there's a level of emotion you got to play with. You can't be too emotional to get what you really got to do. You know, it's just nice. How good is it to have that fired up mentality heading into Game Three now? Uh, it's I mean it's good. Um, I mean it's normal. We, we, I think yeah, all of us we had it Game One, Game Two. You know, it's all the right energy sort of thing. Um, again, I think it just comes down to like the little disciplinary stuff, you know what I mean? Just these very small, they're talking about very small details. You, uh, I'm not trying to think you guys, but like you guys probably won't be able to see it. So it's pretty good when, you've, when you're watching the game. It's just like, these are very small details that if we fix them, it'll make a huge difference in the outcome of that play. Are the issues, those details more on the offensive end, by talking about the three-point shooting, but then their guards are so down at the last game. Which is which, which of the is the small details more the offensive end? We're about to month the three point shooting, or their guards had a big game the last game. Which is more offensive defense, I guess. Well, it's, uh, it's both. Uh, I'm, I'm 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 more probably going to lean personally going to lean more towards defensive um, side of things. Uh, the small details. Um, yeah, but like again, it's both. Like it's it's our execution of plays. 
like say me for instance I could sit I could hit the say PG's man a bit better just you know different angles on the screens just help these guys free them up a bit more but then on defense it's like I could load um, sort of thing but it's like the positioning of load like I could literally be one step over which would discourage their drive you know that's that's the kind of small things that we're talking about so yeah I'd lean more towards defense are you on those screens when you're playing are you, are you trying are you trying to contain and just give your guard trying to get over Trying to, you know, you don't switch. I would think if you keep doing that. No, I didn't switch. It was um, basically trying to get the ball out of the old mate's hands. Yeah, but their mindset was different. I think Gabe, what we did it, we did. I thought we did a pretty good job of that for the most part. Um, but then, like game two, their mindset was just uh, take off the dribble. Because I was up trying to uh, force them to, you know, not shoot off the screen. And now they're just coming straight downhill. That's what happened in game two. They were just constantly just driving straight downhill on me. So, yeah, I would say contain is my answer. And speaking of getting downhill, that's something that the Thunder have to do uh, tonight. And the fast break points are going to be so important uh, to Oklahoma City tonight. I would like to see nothing less. Let me, I, have they even scored 20? I mean, I'd like to see about 25 fast break points tonight. I, I know I'm asking way too much uh, from this team, but if they any chance to win and you're not hitting your threes, then it's going to have to come in that transition game, which means you're going to have to play very tight on defense, steal the ball, rebound, etc., hit those outlet passes. Look, you've heard me say it a hundred times, but... The formula really hasn't changed for Oklahoma City in order to win tonight. So, Keys, play desperate, change some things up, get yourself a spark if you're Billy Donovan, and then make sure you go out and play in transition and play tough on defense, and then I think you got a chance against Portland. Coming up next on the Locked on Thunder podcast, coming up, I will tell you why. This series, even if the Thunder lose, is not a referendum on Russell Westbrook. It's all right here on Locked on Thunder. Don't forget to download that Himalaya app to your phone. And then when you get into your car, tell your smart device to play the Locked on Thunder podcast. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcast and Google Podcast. This is Jake from Locked on. Locked on has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Eric G. Thank you for listening on Apple iTunes, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, and downloading the Himalaya app to your phone. Thank you for your reviews on Apple. Love the bad ones as much as the good ones because, hey, you learn from both. 
You learn from the bad ones, you learn how you can get better, and the good ones you learn what people like, and you hopefully you can give that to them more. So thank you uh, for helping and participating, period, in the Locked on Thunder podcast. Let's talk a little Russell Westbrook now, and how, how much bullcrap is out there about the fact that this whole series is a referendum on Russell Westbrook's career. And this is a must-win situation for Russ tonight. I heard that. Heard Adam Shine say that on Sirius XM. You know, it's a must-win for Russ tonight, for his legacy. Um, ESPN has had pundits saying the same thing. And I'm sorry, it's just not. It's a referendum on Sam Presti. Because Sam Presti is the person who built this team. Sam Presti is the guy that traded for Paul George, who's now hurt. Although that's not really Sam Presti's fault. Sam Presti is the guy that traded for Dennis Schroeder. Sam Presti is the guy that brought Carmelo Anthony in and he didn't pan out and ended up having to dump him to someone who wanted to get, take on that, that money and wave and stretch him. Sam Presti was the one that didn't do a good enough job of recruiting in his backyard to keep Kevin Durant here. He's the one that traded James Harden. All right, that one... I'm a bit of a stretch there because I've never been one to think that the trade of James Harden has been the downfall of the Oklahoma City Thunder. But all the guys that Russell Westbrook has around him is Sam Presti. Sam Presti is the one that gave Russell Westbrook that supermax. So if you start to see Russ's skills deteriorating in the next few years and the Thunder are saddled with him and they can't move him to get a better player, then that's not Russ's fault. Because all Russ did was take what he was offered. And his body did what it's supposed to do over an extended period of time. It doesn't get better. It gets worse. It's not Russ. It's Sam. And when you think about Russ's legacy, you've got, let me see, one year where he became the unquestioned face of the organization and had an underdeveloped Victor Oladipo, Sam Presti's trade, um, and a banged-up Stephen Adams whom Sam Presti gave an extension to. And again, I'm not saying these are bad moves. Don't misunderstand me. I like Sam Presti. I don't think he should be fired, even if the Thunder do happen to lose this series. But it never comes down to a player. It's always about the front office. And yes, even if you have a star, you have to have good guys around him or good players around him. And Russell Westbrook just doesn't have enough of that. And Russell Westbrook could go out and score 50-plus tonight if Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum are hitting their shots and Paul George is hurt and can't hit from three and Dennis Schroeder's not scoring and Jeremy Grant, who hasn't scored this entire series, isn't scoring, then I can't put that on Russ. I have to put that on the people around him. And no, Russ hasn't been good these first two games of the series. And yes, you expect your superstars to be a whole lot better than what Russell Westbrook is. But in no way do I think it's his fault necessarily because the Thunder are in this 0-2 hole. There's way more to it than that. And unfortunately for Russ, he hasn't stepped up in in, in PG's absence or PG being hurt and PG having um, a couple of bad shooting nights. But eh, sometimes that that stuff's contagious. And yeah, I will give you that Russ gets emotional and lets things get out of hand. I certainly can can buy into that. But right now, I can't buy that 
you just take this series and a snapshot and say this is what Russell Westbrook's career is because he couldn't get his team past the second round. Yeah, he needs to play better, but it's more than just him that are going to get the thunder over this hump. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. We've got episode two coming up. You can download that. Apple iTunes, Himalaya, and uh, where else? Google Podcasts. we got episode two coming up. You'll hear from Paul George in that episode, as well as Reggie Miller. It's all right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. May God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody, and peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.